This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pods to attract and retain real A players. Join us for the next hour where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. Welcome back to another episode of the Blue Collar Culture Podcast. I am your co-host Ryan England and I'm here with Jeremy McLiver today. Welcome back, everybody. So today's guest is going to share with us a topic that most business owners know something about. Whether they like what they know or they don't like what they know, they know something about health insurance and the healthcare industry right now, especially as it relates to us as business owners, what it means for growing our team, what it means for keeping great team members. And I'm really excited to announce today that we're going to be talking to the Vice President, Senior Benefit Consultant of Benefit Commerce Group. Now, they work with organizations of all sizes to help them tailor their health insurance needs for the business owner's goals, but most importantly, to take care of employees and their families. So, David Spellacy, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Ryan, Jeremy, my pleasure uh, to have the opportunity to speak with you here today and and be a guest on the Blue Collar Culture Podcast. Very exciting. This is great. So I like to ask this question about health insurance. There are a lot of opinions out there. There are a lot of things that are facts, and there are a lot of things that aren't true. There's a lot of myths about health insurance out there right now. What is one of the biggest myths that you want to share with our listeners that will get them to think differently about health insurance? Yeah, thanks, uh, Ryan. That is a great question. And I will say that uh, there's a couple that come to mind. And the first and foremost that, that just kind of jumps to the top is, um, you know, kind of rising health insurance costs, if you will. And the result of that is kind of this perpetuating myth that, uh, you know, costs are rising. There's nothing that we can do about it. It is what it is. And we're all kind of victims of that, you know, hapless victims. And that is absolutely not true. Uh, that is uh, something that we prove day in, day out, week after week uh, with our clients and the track record that we've uh, put together uh, for employers, their employees and their family members. Uh, there are other alternative ideas, solutions, strategies, very effective, very proven that, uh, that that simply is unacceptable. That is our belief. And there's a, there's a better way to avoid having those types of challenges and issues for, for organizations. So why do you think that myth is so prevalent then? If it's simply not true, and it sounds like this is something you handle all the time, you're experts at it, why do you think people still believe that? Yeah, I think that it's been a result of, uh, frankly, uh, kind of an indictment of uh, the consulting industry, not taking that additional step, that additional effort uh, to really put forth and kind of question the system and say, why is that? Why are the costs going up year after year? There's an answer for everything. And you have to, you know, have the, uh, the motivation to dig down and really understand how these different components work. And then ultimately figure that out and take that information, uh, reconstruct solutions that deliver more positive outcomes and results for the people that we serve. And that is the employers, those organizations, and again, the employees and their family members. These stakes are high. You know, if you think of an organization, uh, many organizations from a health insurance standpoint, uh, of all the various expenses that that uh, organization incurs, 
uh, health insurance typically can be in the top five, if not top three of expenses and often rising faster than any other item in their budget. So uh, it's a lot of pressure for the organization. It's a lot of pressure for employees or family members. Um, the stakes are so high and uh, yet, you know, this is just a critical area uh, to help employers get their arms around it so they can be bigger, better, stronger. Uh, and their employees be uh, healthier and wiser. Wow. So what I just heard you say in that is that we don't have to accept the fact that health insurance costs are rising. Like we actually have some control over that. Is that accurate? That is absolutely true. And, uh, you know, as a series of the different decisions and different initiatives that can be put in place and strategies to achieve better outcomes and really put the control back into the hands of the organization and their employees. It's aligning those uh, components and getting a strategy, uh, not just a one-year type of commodity purchase price. That's been a big part of the issue within my specific industry is these policies come up year after year, 12 months down the road, and it's kind of the commodity shopping. If you're with one particular insurance company, you know, moving to another to trying to find a little lower rate, you're not really addressing the underlying issues and uh, putting forth uh, the strategies with a partner that will deliver the outcomes that your organization needs. That's where the difference comes into play. And it's not just a one-year band-aid. This is a multiple-year strategy to put the company in a position of strength, leverage all these different uh, strategies, and, uh, and achieve those greater results. I love how you mentioned that we're just band-aiding it at the top. You know, we talk about that in so many areas of the business that we're just running and going and we're not fixing the root cause of the issue. And here's a perfect example of it with rising healthcare costs. We're just just band-aiding it by trying to find a cheaper provider somewhere and not actually digging into what what goes on. Why are these rising and what, what can we do? So can you share maybe a couple examples of things that are underneath that, that are a little bit deeper down that we could be doing that would be ideas, some strategies maybe you've deployed for some others that have caused you know, a long-term plan to not rise in cost? Yes, absolutely. Uh, great question, Jeremy. So you know, I can give you example after example of numerous clients of, of exactly you know, how we've done that. But you know, there's a couple of that come to mind. And so, for example, uh, there's an organization I have the privilege of working with, uh, fire service, uh, first responders. And year after year, they were facing increase after increase uh, in their health insurance costs. And, you know, think about firefighters and the exceptional physical condition that they are in, that they have to be in to perform the occupation of their duties, right, to help all of us when we need them. Uh, They just crush it day after day. And yet, this organization was faced with increasing costs. And the question was so, uh, you know, obvious to me is, why? Why is that? You know, is it that they're having underlying, you know, issues? Are they driving claims that are driving their costs? And the answer was no. No, it was not. So, you know, without going too deep into the weeds of the insurance industry and how pricing and how renewals are done, there's something that's in that calculation of, of kind of the rating structure, and it's called trend. And trend is simply a term that the insurance industry uses. And think of it as uh, medical inflation, medical and prescription inflation. 
So when these rates and these rating models are built, um, you know, under uh, actuaries and underwriters are taking that information to build out their pricing. Um, but part of that is that underlying inflation number. Um, and we said, well, if we were to build plans where we could, uh, you know, maintain, if not improve the health of our uh, employees and their family members in these organizations, um, we should be able to directly impact that number in a very positive way to help knocking that down. Because that's a significant driver in rising health insurance costs. Sometimes you'll hear different conversations going on in a dialogue about bending the curve or, uh, you know, bend the trend and all that stuff. And that's what they're talking about. That's the, the big component in rising health insurance costs. So we attack that number with very specific strategies, wellness initiatives. Uh, and if you think of kind of a workers' compensation, a wellness program, if you're reducing your risk and liability, you would expect to have lower uh, you know, health, oh, excuse me, workers' compensation premiums as a result is, you know, improvement in that risk category. Or if you think of like kind of a driving, you know, auto insurance, if you are an exceptional driver with a great driving record, and if you had another individual who was uh, the opposite, you know, a lot of uh, uh, tickets and uh, accidents, you know, would you expect those two individuals to pay the same cost? And the answer, of course, is no. Uh, so we just took that strategy, put it in place for our employers in a health insurance environment. Very surprisingly, that was not uh, you know, kind of the thought uh, when we started it. But uh, we have been so successful in in developing this program and the results for getting our clients out of that uh, that year after year cycle where they were subject to these, you know, very, very meaningful and uh, significant increases that was impacting their organization at all levels. So I think that's really interesting. You mentioned a few different things in there. Uh, some of these things seem very actionable to me. And here at the Blue Collar Culture Podcast, we're always about being able to take action because it sounds like it's not just go buy an insurance plan and that's it. You'd mentioned things like wellness programs and, and other things that can make your organization stand out in the eyes of the insurance underwriter. Is that accurate? It is, a, is very accurate, Ryan. Thanks for pointing that out. Um, you know, it's not one thing, it's many things. Um, also, I would want to emphasize, you know, aligning yourself with the right consultant, the strategies, and the team to be able to implement and execute on these on behalf of the employer without burdening the employer. Obviously, uh, you know, the very, very different organizations that we work with, uh, they're very, you know, different industries in their area of specialty and focus. Uh, we want them to, to, to be solely, uh, you know, dialed into that. And then the benefits piece of the insurance uh, is our obligation and responsibility. That's our role in serving them uh, and helping them you know, become bigger, better, and stronger. So, uh, yeah, there's there's uh, many different things in there that you can do. Um, you know, and I think it's important to maybe put some context on you know, the types of savings that we're talking about. So if you're thinking about redesigning these plans where the economic value of that, uh, you're either to maintain or improve in terms of the benefit that the employees receive. But, you know, we're talking about, you know, I'll just give you a couple of examples. If you have an organization of, say, 50 employees, this is like a 70,000 plus save on average. If you're talking about 100 employees, it could be 140,000. If you have 250, it can be 350,000. This is, these are hundreds of thousands of dollars in many situations. 
and that can be re reallocated to the organization to improve the benefits for employees, better position them going forward. Uh, and that's a that's an, uh, an average save on the first year. Um, then the strategies that are implemented uh, going forward are, are putting the company in a different direction in an improved, um, stronger position, if you will, uh, to to leave behind uh, what they were faced and uh, you know challenged with before. So there is no what I heard in that there is no silver bullet. There's not something that I can just go do right now and it's going to save me a bunch of money forever. Uh, but it's being it's working with the right consultant who's really taking that strategic approach to how do you implement these different things to get the most benefit from it, the the biggest return on your investment by lowering the cost of healthcare or health insurance, or even uh, bringing more value to your employees. Is that correct? Yeah, I would say that uh, there's many tools in the in the toolkit for us to 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 evaluate, have conversations with the organizations uh, to really understand what their needs and goals are. Um, so to your to your question and to your point, um, there are certain options that we can make a very meaningful savings for those organizations in the first year, which is obviously very beneficial uh, and critical uh, in a lot of situations. And then on top of that, additional strategies uh, and incentives and uh, uh, different structures to, to, to position those organizations to benefit from that pivot and then also build upon that year after year. So, you know, I mentioned a couple or I mentioned the one group that I work with. And this is an organization going back a few years ago that had a reduction in their cost by 18 plus percent. And that was several hundred thousand dollars. Um, beyond that, their costs have stayed the same for the last three years beyond that. Um, any of the employers out there listening, that may be very surprising to them because they may be faced with situations where they're, you know, incurring these increases year after year. So this would be an example of that myth question that you asked me is, you know, if that sounds interesting to you, that's a conversation you'd like to have. We'd love to have it with you. You know, another organization I work with, uh, behavioral health providers, you know, the people who are helping uh, individuals on a day-to-day -day basis, exceptional work. They were faced with such significant increases year after year. It was 20, 25%, 30%. They actually were considering paying the federal penalty under the Affordable Care Act, which is a very significant penalty because it was actually in their mind starting to think that that could be the lesser of two evils. That's a big number to pay each year that, that you don't get anything for. It's a uh, it's just a penalty you pay the federal government. So very similar to the other uh, example I used, we were fortunate to uh, allow them to give us the opportunity, met with the, the executive team, to give us a year to put together a strategy to show you how it can, you can have a better, uh, better outcome and experience. And I'm happy to report that, you know, again, this is an organization that has uh, had, uh, you know, no rate increases for the last three years plus, you know, dramatic benefit improvement, uh, you know, economic value, if you will, for their employees and their family members. So, you know, that all adds up to strengthening their organization and attracting and retaining, you know, top talent. So, uh, yeah, this is, this is the, uh, the battle that, that, that's out there that is waged every day. Well, now you're speaking my language that the way you ended that is the uh, attracting and retaining top talent. That's 
you know, that's what I do with my clients is help them with that. And inevitably, pay and benefits comes up. And they're always thinking, I can't compete against the larger organizations with my benefits package. I can't compete with these larger organizations and my salaries. And uh, it sounds like you've got some ways that these smaller organizations can actually can actually compete against some of these these bigger companies. Is that true? Absolutely. Yeah. So that would be another myth, and and understandably so. Uh, you know, maybe once upon a time, uh, you know, large organizations had very rich benefit offerings, and many still do. Um, however, the the thought if uh, uh, if uh, you know a smaller, mid-sized employer is thinking perhaps they're at a disadvantage that they can't compete. Um, uh, I would encourage them to, you know, to do the analysis, the evaluation. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, I'll mention this now because it's a big part of our service uh, to to our clients as well as the community here. And that is, so each year we do a statewide employee benefits benchmarking study. So this grants employers to participate in it and really get an understanding of how their benefits align. Uh, in the in the larger sense of other employers, uh, maybe specific to their industry, their shape, their size, um, real critical information to understanding. Well, how do they align? Are they aligning, you know, equal to, greater than, less than, and then also specifically providing them the information that if they need to look at alternative ideas or strategies, you know, what would that look like, and what would that mean in terms of improving benefit or reducing cost or aligning themselves to be in a stronger position to compete within their industry. You know, very, very comprehensive information. And that's something that we do. We make available to any employer that's interested. There is absolutely no cost or obligation. And uh, we'd be delighted to have uh, individuals take us up on that. That sounds like an amazingly valuable tool for employers. And at the end of the episode, uh, we're going to tell them, tell our listeners how they can get their hands on a copy of that. So. When we get back to the smaller businesses and being able to compete, do you have an example or a story that you can share with, say, I don't know, maybe an employer that had somewhere between maybe 50 and 200 employees and just the amazing benefits they were able to get by working with you? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, it's been so, so evident here recently, uh, not to say that it wasn't before, but in our current environment, you know, the tremendous uh, uh, compassion and concern of our healthcare system from the healthcare workers and, and such outstanding results that they deliver for all of us. Um, however, the, the, the system itself, um, you know, healthcare and or, you know, insurance industry can also, you know, can often be very complicated, vast, confusing. Uh, so helping employers navigate through that with their employees and their family members. Uh, you know, structuring the benefits to provide a, uh, and equip employees uh, with programs that help reduce their costs. So when I say reduce their cost on the employee level, we're talking about payroll deductions, you know, the amount that they'll uh, use or the amount they have to pay in terms of participating in the insurance plans. Then the other part of that is actually the, the amount that they incur when they seek services. So, you know, services associated with a physician visit or a hospitalization, a test, a procedure, prescriptions, you know, can we construct the benefits to equip employees with first dollar benefits to help them uh, pay for some of those expenses? Um, and if they, if they don't use those 
those available uh, benefits, you know, is an opportunity for them to kind of bank those benefits for the future and build up equity, you know, so it may not be a, a year this year where they need to use them, but could they, can they build them up for future potential expenses, you know, kind of build up that equity, if you will. Um, it's very, very meaningful for employees to have that peace of mind, uh, knowing that those benefits are there, uh, and then if and when they need them from themselves or their family members, uh, just the amount of stress financially that that takes out of them and the goodwill that comes back to those employer organizations is tremendous. As I was starting my answer, you know, I was talking about the healthcare system and how stressful it can be. You know, if an individual is faced with a medical challenge, uh, obviously, you know, really rough time. If they have a family member who's faced with it, you know, we want them to be focused on that particular issue, getting, you know, getting treated, getting healthy, getting back to well. Uh, we don't want to put additional stress and burden on them now to have to worry about the financial piece that's hovering over them, you know, all the various paperwork uh, that can often come associated with with uh, the medical and prescription expenses. Um, that just adds to the situation. And, uh, you know, so we've spent a lot of time thinking about that and how can we better position, uh, again, employers and their employees and family members to to, to avoid that. Got it. So, it sounds like there are a lot of different levers you can pull, if you will, a lot of different decisions we can make, different things we can do. You've mentioned some industry-specific terms. I think you said first-dollar benefit. You talked about some of those things. What are some ex- specific examples that you've seen, like maybe a story you can share where someone was, they hired you, they started working with you, and you were able to just do something so radical, but it was just by pulling one of those levers. But the bottom line, like they really felt it. It really impacted them in a big way. Yes, absolutely. So um, uh, there's a number of examples, um, but uh, one in one organization in particular um, asked us to come in, have a conversation with them. And it was uh, internally, they did an annual survey with their employees and, uh, and the employees had a chance to to share with them the different aspects of the company and their position and you know, what was, what, what was, uh, you know, working for them and then other areas that were a real concern. Well, when it came to the benefits component, these scores were exceptionally low, uh, just an area that wasn't serving the employees well and it was harming the company. Um, and, uh, part of our discussion was to, you know, our commitment to them was to turn that around and improve that score. Uh, so, you know, in a very low score the year before, we said a year from now, we're going to come in, we're going to do that assessment again, we're going to do that employee survey. Um, and we actually put, you know, uh, some of our fees at risk to say that we're so confident uh, of the result here that, uh, that that score is going to exceed a certain percentage, um, you know, that if it doesn't, then, you know, we'll, 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 we're willing to put that on the line. Um, that, that score ended up in the high 90s. Uh, the following year, and it has remained there ever since. So, um, again, this is, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting when I meet with employers and I, and I hear their stories that they share with me of where they're at and their frustrations and, you know, concern for their organization. You know, I know what I know. I know what we can do for them. I know what we can deliver for them and the improvements that we can bring to them uh, and their future. And that's, you know, that's what motivates me to have those opportunities, to have those discussions, and ultimately to determine, you know, if it's a good fit for them. Uh, you know, they'll make their own informed decision after that discussion, uh, but uh, but I know what's possible for them. 
and uh, be happy to share with anyone, you know, just example after example of all the the uh, results and impact that we've that we've been able to uh, to do and help uh, you know our organizations over the years. You know, David, I could personally give you a testimony. I know you've uh, worked with some of my clients in the past, and first of all, the benchmark survey was fantastic. You know, we're all trying to compare what are, what's going on, on, what are our competitors doing? And that was just, I remember one of my clients coming in and just sharing how much peace of mind they were once they, they could look at it, all of it, not just the healthcare. You guys were looking bigger than that. And and they could just say, okay, we have a full package here. We, we know that we're offering a solid package. They became more confident. And then they were wild that you save them money on top of that. And I believe you put some of these health initiatives in place. You know, in in the blue collar, we've all been doing workers comp type safety programs because we understand we can control, uh, if we control our safety exposure, we do the right safety practices, we prove it to our insurance companies, our EMOD goes down. And when I was running the structural steel company, that employer modification was almost a strategic advantage uh, we could outbid other competitors because we were saving enough money. And I know you can drive those same results. Oh, yeah. It's a perfect example. So, you know, that makes logical sense, right? You know, if you have, if you're lowering your workers' compensation, you know, EMOD, you're going to have lower insurance costs because you've improved the, you know, the risk of your organization. Um, uh, unfortunately, uh, that wasn't uh, uh, the experience on the on the health insurance side. Everyone kind of started in the same place. So if you think of that, just you know, without going too deep into the way that the, the structures are done, but uh, you could be an employer that's that's uh, you know have the healthiest group in the world uh, in, in certain segments, and you're going to be treated just like you know any other group. So you could have a comparison of groups that are exceptionally healthy, well, uh, and other groups that aren't, and they all kind of start in the same spot. And we just thought that 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 just wasn't right or fair, made no sense, was not logical. So we said, well, how do we take those concepts of other areas, other um, parts of the insurance industry in terms of risk and reward, and how do we put those into programs where our employers, you know, if they participate, if they do certain types of activities and initiatives, they should benefit directly as a result of that. And uh, and we say benefit, benefit financially, benefit from, you know, improved uh, future renewals and, and, and also the impact in terms of culture and organization, um, you know, reduced absenteeism, presenteeism, uh, greater productivity. Um, you know, there's, a, there's a lot that comes along with, with shifting that, that uh, direction. Um, but exactly to your point, that just makes sense. People get it. They say, okay, if we do this, we should expect our costs to be lower. And the answer is yes, absolutely. So that, that just makes good sense. People get it and they're willing to do that as long as they know that they will get the result that they were promised uh, when they do that. I love this. You know, our, our, my clients are always we teach a scorecard and they're tracking their numbers and making sure that they're actually driving tangible results. And like you said earlier, digging down to the root cause of why they're not getting the result they're not getting that they want. And I love the fact that you're bringing that same kind of accountability discipline that we put in all the other areas of the organization. You're able to bring that and come up with good strategies for the bottom line 
and for building a great culture. You know, Ryan's constantly, Ryan helps build that employer brand and make sure that we have that bench of A players. And man, when you have the right offering with a complete package, it makes it so much easier. And you know, that's, it's, that's just the icing on the cake, but it, it, it's just, it's nice to do that. And I love hearing that we can do that without increasing costs. So as we come to this, this next section, there's one thing I would like to, I want to, I know you, you've used it a couple of times, like, hey, I don't want to dive too far in the weeds. I want to just bring it down into the weeds a little bit because I know you got some really good ideas and some actual things. What are maybe a couple things that we should go back and look in our business and just say, if these things are out of place, we probably should dive into our healthcare. What are maybe a thing or two that we should go look for? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say that uh, first and foremost, to get a sense of, you know, where you are. So, you know, employers is a best practice. Uh, traditionally, you know, if not every every couple of years as part of their due diligence, they'll say, okay, well, we're, you know, have our insurance coverage or policies with, you know, uh, you know, different companies. And maybe they do an evaluation. Um, I'll say, okay, well, what would it look like, you know, if we, you know, what are other co- companies offering in terms of a benefit and a cost? And that's kind of the transactional commodity aspect of uh, of that analysis, which uh, is absolutely, uh, you know, uh, 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 the right thing and it's needed and it's necessary. And that's something we do uh, for our clients. Um, but again, that's more transactional, more commodity based. And then there's the transformational uh, aspects. And that is to say, okay, well, let's find the right partner aligned for you. Let's make sure that your, your plan designs, let's make sure that the pricing is fair. And then also, you know, going forward, what are the strategies that we're going to implement and put in, uh, put in place for your organization and your employees, uh, to, to maintain and improve uh, the insurance spend in, you know, with regards to, in this example, the health insurance spend. Um, so, you know, those are the types of things that, uh, that, that we do. And I also have to say, you know, so in terms of motivation, you know, this is the stuff that just fuels us, you know, so I'm very fortunate to work with a, a group of individuals that are caring and compassion and they're motivated every single day by just being obsessed with how do we make that experience better uh, for our for our organizations, the the employers that we work for, for the employees, in all aspects, you know. So simplifying education, awareness, communication, uh, when services are needed, uh, so that it's a pleasant experience and it works the way that it should and that we'd all expect it to. Uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, if that's not something that's being proactively managed. Uh, the outcome can be quite different and uh, it can be also, you know, very frustrating and, and, and cause a lot of issues. So, yeah, I'm, again, I'm just fortunate to, to, to work with so many brilliant people in all levels and all aspects who are just, you know, motivated day after day and, uh, and focused on those results and delivering those types of experience for, for clients. Well, David, I know that you do this day in and day out and I know that you do it well. I believe you have something to give to our listeners. Share that with us. Yeah, absolutely, Jeremy. So as I was mentioning a little, you know, earlier in the conversation, is the ability for uh, you know employers 
if they say, hey, we'd like to get an understanding of how we align. So as much mentioning a few moments ago, you know, part of the due diligence process is, you know, evaluating, well, if we were going to be with ABC company or XYZ company from the insurance standpoint, um, that's important, right? So that's on an individual level as an organization. But, you know, the, the question also is, well, how does your program, though, compare with other employers that you're fighting uh, for, for talent with? Uh, maybe again, maybe it's just the overall marketplace of all employers. Maybe it's specific to your industry. Maybe it's specific to your industry shape and size. You know, so we're able to drill that information down and actually give you credible information to show you, you know, what are the average deductibles or physician co-pays or prescription co-pays? What are the average premium costs? What are the payroll deductions, you know, the employer contributions, you know, all these very uh, critical components that, you know, the executive team is looking at trying to make their the best informed decision to get their benefits in place, again, to serve their employees um, and, and, and uh, you know, and, and maintain the strength of their organization year after year or improve upon it. Um, so that's something that we make available to, you know, any and all employers if they wish wish to uh, to have that analysis done for them to receive those results. It is our pleasure to do that. And again, I just want to emphasize that there is absolutely no cost or obligation. So we will provide that to any employer, any of your listeners to the podcast, um, be happy to deliver it to them. And then, you know, if they wish to have additional conversations with us, we'd be delighted to at the end of that, um, uh, you know, discussion, if you will. Perfect. So, David, where can they go? Who should they reach out to to get that data? And, guys, those that are listening, the data is amazing. So, where do they go get that? Yeah. So, for the listeners of the Blue Collar uh, Blue Collar Culture Podcast, I'd say they can reach me directly by email. Uh, my email address is my first name, David, at benefitcommerce.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn, David Spellacy. Last name is S P E L L I C Y, and uh, I'd be delighted to uh, to to have a conversation with you. Tell you uh, you know how we can prepare that information for you, uh, share it with you, and, uh, and and help you improve your you know your uh, your situation for your organization, or you know and or of course your employees and their family members. Well, thank you so much, Dave. This has been a great time. And for all the listeners out there, just go email David right now, David at benefitcommerce.com and get that free benchmark survey. Know how your competitors are doing, how you're ranking and all that. David, thank you so much for being with us. Jeremy, Ryan, thank you so much. Absolutely my pleasure. And thank you for all the great work and the service that you provide to your outstanding podcast. Thank you. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by BlueCollarCulture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to BlueCollarCulture.com.